Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey guys, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. Welcome to the show today. I am so excited about the show. I love the show already. I feel like when God gave me this word, it spoke to me. <laughs> Listen, I need I need this these shows more than probably you guys do. Um, so I'm super excited about doing the show. I want to tell you, if you cannot catch our show at 3.30 in the DFW area, North Texas, um, we podcast the shows. Okay. Um, and you can go and subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast through our website, right? Cassie autumnmiles.com or you can go to iTunes or Spotify, um, and you can subscribe. If, if you're, if you're a fan of the show, um, uh, we want you to do this. I want you guys to get, we have got some incredible guests that come on the show and, um, we want you guys to make sure that you, you have access to them. So head on over. If you already have, give us a little five-star rating. Um, that would be great. Even if you think it's a two-star show, we think it's a 45-star show, uh, but definitely go on there and give us a review. That helps us. You guys, these reviews these days, my goodness gracious, uh, they're a big deal. So we absolutely would love your support in that area. I love you guys so much. Thank you for just following along with us. I want to get to our show today, and it's going to, I don't know how it's going to hit you. I guess it doesn't really matter, but it's going to be great. It's going to be great. The title of the show today is Sometimes the Favor of God Doesn't Look Like Favor. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I feel as if we have like the definition of favor to the world. I really don't think God holds the same definition (laughs) in heaven. You know, we we throw around this word favor. Wow. They have favor on their life. And let me tell you something. Um, There is favor that looks like the world's favor, but then there is a, 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 a huge favor Um, that God gives us that sometimes does not look like the world's definition of favor or definition of success. So I want you to maybe flip the way that you're thinking today. Sometimes we, we look at someone and we think, oh, they got a promotion. They're favored. Oh, they got a girlfriend or boyfriend. They're favored. They got a new house. They're favored. And that's, that's great. Um, unless sometimes you don't know the whole side of the story, Maybe they did get a new girlfriend or boyfriend or new fiance, um, but maybe that fiance is not a very nice person. (laughs) That wouldn't be favor. It looks like favor, but it's not really favor. Maybe that person is just making a bad decision. Okay. Oh, they got a new house and that's amazing. They got a new house and it's in in the burbs and they got like, you know, whatever. And, uh, but you don't realize the financial commitment that comes with that house and, and homie's got to pay the bills. So maybe. 
maybe it looks like favor, but can the person actually afford it? Uh, Sometimes we need to know the whole story before we actually call something favor. Um, And this is exactly what I want to talk about today. Sometimes favor doesn't look like favor. Okay, be careful what you call favor. Be careful how you define it. Be careful subscribing God's principles to uh, a human filter. Okay. My daughter's 14. And let me tell you something. She is um, living La Vida Loca. (laughs) Wait, I don't even know what that means. Remember that song, Ricky Martin? Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't, I don't even know what I just said. We probably should edit that out. (laughs) My daughter's 14 and she is living her best life. I I, I legitimately, when I say I am proud of her, um, I am like, I could cry. I'm so proud of my daughter. Um, she's the president of her class. I'm going to brag on her a minute. You know, Cassie, can I brag on her a minute? Okay. Cassie says yes. So we're going to go with Cassie's permission. Um, she is the president of her school, not her class, her school, her school, uh, nominated her to be president. Um, of the student council or whatever it is, uh, she's she's made just about every team that she's tried out for. She went to a choir competition. Uh, she won first place. She got the lead in her play. She's gotten several awards this year. Uh, she recently went to an improv competition. Imagine that. My kid, good at improv. <laughs> falling into her uh, mother's footsteps. That's what radio is. Basically one giant improv show. Uh, But she goes to this improv competition. One of her teachers told her, listen, you're going to be good at improv. And so I want, I want you to like be on my improv show or whatever it is. She goes, I'm thinking she's never done an improv before. I don't really actually know how it's going to go. She comes home that night and she's like, mom, guess what? I got first place. And we started having this conversation, um, which I was so proud of her for getting first place, but she was like, and I got a trophy and, you know, I love all these plaques and I love all this stuff. And I, you know, I love that I get a blue ribbon when, you know, when I, when I, my team wins the volleyball competition or whatever. And something just didn't sit right in my heart when she was talking. And, you know, this is a parent moment. So if you have uh, if you have one kid, two kid, three kids or a half a dozen kids like I seem feel like I have um, every time God gives you that little conviction in your spirit that your child needs to hear something, you need to speak up. It's not the time for you to uh, silence yourself. You need to speak up in a loving way. And and the spirit of the living God just uh, just pricked my heart a little bit and said, mm. I think Autumn, she's getting the wrong definition of favor. I don't even know where that came from. But I knew in that moment that Grace was subscribing to the world's definition of favor, which is ribbons, which is the applause of man, which is, uh, you know, stuff, money, all of that. And that to me was not, if I didn't stop that mindset in that moment, I don't think I would have been a good steward of the moment. I don't think I would have been a good leader as a mom in the moment. We started having this conversation and out of my mouth blurts, sometimes favor grace doesn't look like favor. Favor will, now sometimes it does look like a ribbon. Sometimes it does. I mean, we know we're going to get crowns in heaven that we're going to be able to cast at the feet of Jesus. But sometimes, girl, they don't look like that. And we we started just having a very transparent conversation about not getting obsessed with this definition of winning all the time. 
winning, 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 winning. I got to win. I got to win. I got to win. I got to get a a trophy. I got to get this. Uh, Because sometimes favor looks like failure. Maybe God knows that what is coming um, in your life, you need to learn the lessons of a failure in order to build your character to handle the success that God is going to give you in a year or two. Maybe you need the lessons. So sometimes favor looks like failure. Now, it doesn't look like failure to your sphere of influence in the human world. But to God, sometimes he plans those things out. Now, now, is God out to get you? Absolutely not. But God is for your good and he is for your best. And he's not going to give you something two years down the road that he hasn't already prepared you for and that you have re, uh, 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 reaped the lessons of. Sometimes favor looks like a journey. Sometimes favor, um, you know, looks like rejection. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Um, when you look in the Bible, I mean, the Bible is full of characters that that had no idea they were favored, you guys. They had no idea until God showed up and told them. You look at Abraham. Abraham was highly favored. He was set apart. He was chosen by God. His favor looked like a weight. He had to wait until he was an elderly dude to get the promise that God gave him through the covenant. He, in the Hebrews 11, it says he died in faith. He never saw it, and yet he was highly highly favored and set, uh, and set apart. I think King David was highly favored, man after God's own heart. We hear this all the time. Yet for a, a lot of the, the beginning of his life, he was running from King Saul. He was literally running for his life. Did it look like he was favored? No, it looked like King Saul was like a boss and was in, was winning. But who was actually winning? David was winning and he was learning tactics for war and wisdom during that time of running that he was going to need because he was going to be placed um, as king. I want you to think of Jesus. Now, we're going to throw it a little bit back to Christmas today, but I don't care. The Christmas story is relevant no matter what. It's not necessarily about the Christmas story. I don't want you to think Christmas. I want you to think favor. And what defines you, how you define favor. That's what I want you to think about. I want you to think of Jesus. Let's read it in Luke 1, um, 26. Luke 126 says this, and now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. We're talking favor, not talking Christmas story, because I know Easter is upon us, y'all, okay? To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, and coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with the God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Favor. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be? 
since I'm a virgin. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For this reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, I love this idea of favor. Um, we, we look at Mary, who is young. She's a virgin. Probably no one even cared that she was alive except for her parents. <laughs> Insignificant to humankind more than more than likely. I mean, I'm sure she was a nice girl and they liked her, but when you looked at her, did you see the favor of God radiating from her? Clearly, we know from the text, she didn't think that about herself. Because when the angel came in and said, greetings, highly favored one, she was shocked, totally shocked, had absolutely no idea that she was radiating the favor of God. She was young. Sometimes favor looks like youth. I can look at my son, my sons and my daughters, and I, I can tell you, my son in particular, Moses, um, he just turned five. And um, I, I believe all my children are favored, uh, but I, but it's almost like God kind of gives you a foreshadowing of what's to come with your children as, as, as uh, their parents. And I look at my son, Moses, and he is so in tuned to spiritual things. I mean, he, it's like crazy. I know, I think I mentioned this on the show before, you know, he comes in from school and he has all of these spiritual stories that he wants to tell us. And he's very interested in Jonah. And was it a whale? What is it actually a whale mom? Was he actually in the belly mom? Why did he go have to go to Nineveh? Why was he, why would you run from God and what God wants you to do? He's five years old. And he is so in tune to the word of the Lord. He's so captivated by spiritual things. I see that favor on his life, right? He doesn't see it yet but I see it. You look at him, he's young, he's five years old. I I don't know that you would look at any ordinary five-year-old and say, wow, they're highly favored, but I see it. I can see it. Sometimes favor looks like youth. Mary was single to all my single sisters and brothers out there. She was single and she was highly favored. In this world where the Christian world says you have to be married and have 2.5 kids by the time that you're, you know, 26 years old, um, that's not not favor all the time. Sometimes favor looks like singleness, a single season. Maybe God is setting apart your husband or your wife um, because he knows the plans that you guys would cultivate and grow together, the purposes that he has for you as a couple, the children, the generations that will be born out of the two of you. And so he's making you wait for a while so you don't mess up and have a divorce by the time that you're 26. Maybe you're single 
and you think it looks like God's forsaken you, well, actually, maybe he's saving something for you. Sometimes favor looks like singleness. The angel said to her, you have found favor. Highly favored. Sometimes favor looks like insignificance. Those of you who are listening to the sound of my voice right now and you're thinking, nobody sees me. Nobody even knows I exist. <laughs> I did a show not long ago about how, about just this, this idea of feeling insignificant. And sometimes um, it's not that you're overlooked, it's that God is hiding you. Think of Joseph and how God hid him in plain sight. He was set apart by God to go and to be the second in command in Egypt, but he was also hidden in prison for years before that happened. Sometimes favor seems like insignificance. No one sees, no one knows. What if God is preparing you in the season of being overlooked for what he has for you when someone does take notice? Mary looked pretty insignificant, yet she was highly favored. Throughout the story of Jesus being born, you know, we see uh, uh, so many different things that are happening. We see um, Joseph. Imagine Mary coming to Joseph and just that conversation. I, I just, I would love to have been like a roach in the room listening to the conversation where Mary's like, ah, Joseph, I know that we are betrothed to be married, which is basically like an engagement um, uh, that you can't get out of. You have to get a divorce to get out of. Um, I just want to let you know, I'm pregnant with the son of God. Imagine what Joseph had to receive and accept from that conversation. It, he, he struggled with it so much that uh, the angel visited him as well and said, ah, mm -mm, you're going to call this boy Jesus. This actually is the son of God. Don't put her away. Don't put her away privately, which is what he was considering. But when she started showing, it looked scandalous. It looked questionable to the outside world. God knew and Joseph and Mary knew what was going on, but to the outside world, it looked like a scandal. Sometimes favor can appear to be a scandal. God will not work based on our expectations and how we want him to work. He has his way of working. I remember when I got kicked out of the church when I was in my 20s, um, it looked like a scandal and it was, it was a scandalous, it, it, it appeared to be that way, but I knew what God had told me and I knew that time would tell. Here we are 2000 years later and we're using them as an example. I knew that time would tell if God was for me. Sometimes it looks like a scandal favor, guys, doesn't always look like favor. Sometimes favor looks like rejection. When Mary had the baby, uh, they go to the room and the innkeeper. And I'm, I'm like, I, I would love to talk to this innkeeper who rejected Jesus from, from his hotel. I mean, I, I would absolutely love to have a conversation with them. But sometimes favor looks like rejection. There's no room for you here. 
nope, you can't come in. You're not welcome here. Oh, we don't have room for you on the praise team. Oh, we don't have room for you um, in this area of the church. Oh, we don't have room for you at our company. Oh, we don't have room for you uh, in our small group. We're too big. You're going to have to go somewhere else. And sometimes God uses uh, rejection to reposition us into an opportunity that we wouldn't have had if we wouldn't have been rejected. Sometimes favor looks like rejection. Here, Mary and Joseph, highly favored, carrying the son of God, staring at the innkeeper who gives them the boo and lets them go stay in, uh, in a stable. It looked rough. And yet it was such an event that the host of heaven appeared to the shepherds to tell them what had taken place. What looks insignificant is actually in the Christmas story, highly favored. The, sh- the angels show up and who do they show up to? The shepherds, the faithful shepherds, the shepherds that have probably been shown up for years to do the same job. The angels come to the shepherds. Sometimes favor looks like a nine to five. Sometimes it looks like a a factory job that you've been doing for 40 years. Sometimes that is favor. I'm overwhelmed um, by just the ridiculousness that, uh, that we've attached to this word favor these days. The angels came to the shepherds. The shepherds were the first to meet Jesus. And to the kings, the, um, God sent them on a journey. And I think sometimes um, when God asks us to move around, we don't feel like it's favor. But sometimes favor looks like a journey. I'm trying to stir you a little bit because I'm kind of kind of makes me want to vomit sometimes how we throw around uh, this word favor. Because what we're ascribing to the word favor really is kind of counter uh, the the even how Jesus came into the world. Now, can favor be a new job? Of course it can. Can it be uh, um, a new house? Of course it can. Um, can it be a new relationship? Of course it can. But sometimes we need to look at where we're at um, and understand that these things can also be favor because Jesus was highly favored. Mary was highly favored. Clearly, Joseph was chosen to be his earthly father. The shepherds were favored. The, the wise men who went on a journey were favored. What is your definition of favored? Maybe I'm, I'm sensing some discontentment in your life right now where you're thinking, oh, I just wish I could be there. Well, if you were there, if you did get that promotion, could you handle it? Sometimes we get a promotion too early and we don't have the wisdom to back up what's needed in that position. And God knows that. So favor is keeping you right where you are. 
I, I'm trying to stir um, just how you look at this word. You could be highly favored like Mary and not even know it. To me, this is freeing. To me, knowing that uh, Jesus doesn't look at it the same way that we do, to me, it's like a breath, a giant breath of fresh air. I don't have to be that to be favored. I don't have to be them to be favored. I don't have to have that position to be favored. Mary didn't know she was favored. Gabriel was her messenger. Let me be your messenger today. I want you to look around at your life. I want you to understand those people that maybe did get the job and then they got fired because they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't work up to the expectation of their boss. Those people that got the house and it looked like favor for a second and they lost the house. Maybe those people that, um, who got together and then something happened in their relationship, they got a divorce or they broke up or whatever it was. I want you to evaluate some of those situations that you've seen, but you've also seen how God has protected you from that. Understand, you guys, that is favor. That is favor. Let's redefine. Let's press our minds a little bit when we get discontent. And let's trust where God has us in the process. I love you guys. I hope this encouraged you today. And catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Mile Show. The Autumn Mile Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.